Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. While 51% of the vote passes the constitutional threshold of a majority, it clearly is not adequate support to continue on as leader. That's Jason Kenney speaking in Calgary on Wednesday night. And that is why tonight I have informed the president of the party of my intention to step down as leader of the United Conservative Party. I'm sorry, but friends, I truly believe that we need to move forward united. Kenny isn't saying when he'll actually leave the job. So for now, he's still Premier of Alberta and the leader of the United Conservative Party in the province. The United Conservative Party, or, or the UCP, was founded in 2017. It was created when the Progressive Conservatives and the Wild Rose Party joined forces. Kenny was the first leader of this new party, and he won a majority just three years ago. He's a huge force in Canadian politics, and he was popular in Alberta for a while, until he wasn't. The fight is definitely goes back to COVID. Where a lot of the divisions came from, even within the party, was how far to the right are they? And this is where we things got messy during COVID. Carrie Tate is a reporter in the Globe's Calgary Bureau. She'll tell us why Kenny's party wanted him out and what this could mean for the conservative movement in Alberta. This is The Decibel. Carrie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's good to finally have you on the show. I feel like it's it's been long overdue, so well, this is good. I've been wondering where my invitation is. <laughs> So I, I want to just start with with everything that went down last night, because I know you were watching this announcement closely, covering it for The Globe. What was your initial reaction when you heard that Jason Kenney said he was resigning? Well, I think we need to back up before that moment where he said he was resigning, because in the weeks leading up to this, Jason Kenney said he was not going to resign if he got 50 plus one. That's it. He was staying and he was very adamant about it. So when the result was 51.4, there was a moment where I was like, okay, surely he's not going to stay, but he said he's going to. So he kind of started off and the the words that he was using was, you know, I've got 50 plus one, respect the outcome of the vote, which was echoing the phrases he used in the campaign that his next sentence was going to be, and I'm going to stay. And then he said, but that's not enough. And it was like this little like, air went out of the balloon, but it was like, yes, that's the logical thing to do. That in a normal political context would be what a leader would do, except in Alberta, we are just so trained not to expect the normal. So there was a moment where I was like, oh, holy cow, he's actually resigning. This changes everything. Hmm. What what do you mean by that? In Alberta, you're trained not to expect (laughs) the normal. What does that mean? In Alberta right now, we haven't had uh, premiers finish their term. Notley finished her term. And before that, you have to go back to Ralph Klein. We've had a succession of conservative premiers end up um, resigning or being punted by their own parties before the end. And it's Alberta has become this chaotic political province that where you think if this if A happens, then the next logical step would be B happens. But That hasn't been the way with UCP. It hasn't been the way with Alberta. So for him to follow the norm was actually kind of surprising. So why was he 
I guess I'm trying to figure out where this switch happened and why he made that switch. So up to up to kind of yesterday, he was saying, I'm going to stay on if I get 51%, basically. Right. And then he changed his tune when the votes actually came in. What do you think? What do you think made that change happen for him? I'm not sure yet, but there it is very easy to see that 51% was not defensible. Like to go into the caucus meeting that they're having Thursday and say, I got 51%, I'm the leader, would have been um, impossible. People had lined up, already lined up against him. It wasn't like this was a secret night of the long knives. They were saying, we are going to try to stab you. It was not a secret. (laughs) So it might have been a logic thing to just say this is not the best. Okay. I think some people in other parts of Canada know Jason Kenney because he used to be in, in federal politics under under Stephen Harper, but then, then he switched to Alberta politics. So I guess for people outside of Alberta, can you give us a sense, like, how important of a political figure is Kenney? Jason Kenney has reshaped Alberta in under the UCP. We call Jason Kenney the co-founder of the UCP, which is accurate. Uh, He co-founded it with Brian Jean, who was then the leader of the Wild Rose. But it's also more being polite. This was Jason Kenney's vision. He came here in 2016 with a roadmap and said, I'm going to run for the leader of the Conservatives. I'm going to win. I'm going to fold the party. Then, meanwhile, the Wild Rose, you guys vote amongst yourselves to merge with us. We're going to merge and then I'm going to be the leader. Like he just said, this is what's happening and made it happen. Mm -hmm. And most people look at UCP as a vehicle that he created and that he drives. And they're correct. Uh, So yeah, let's actually go back to the the founding of the United Conservative Party a bit, because you mentioned there the Wild Rose and the Progressive Conservatives coming together. Why was this party formed? Right. This is an amazing context to me even now. Um, So prior to uh, The UCP merger, we had the PCs, the Progressive Conservatives in Alberta, who were the natural governing party. They were centrist, center-right, kind of along those lines. The Progressive Conservatives were in power for 43 years. They lost one election, just one, just one, and blew up two parties because of it. Normally, you lose an election, you sit one out, you kind of get your show back together, come up with some fresh policies, and, you know, you Give it your best the next time. No, Alberta Conservatives blew up their two existing entities out of fear, out of the NDP, out of this argument that we can't split the vote. And then out of that, there was a splinter party, the Wild Rose, which started as a splinter party and then became a force. So you saw this, you know, the natural governing party of Alberta, the Progressive Conservatives, was just steamrolled within months. And then its splinter party, the Wild Rose, um, had its best outcome when it became the official opposition. That was its best outcome within its history. Steamrolled, flattened, gone, merged. And then the UCP, to Jason Kenney's credit and everyone um, who was part of that, stomped in the next election. They came in with 55% of the popular vote. Hmm. And so the UCP, the United Conservative Party, is uniting, uh, brought together the Progressive Conservatives and the Wild Rose Party. What are the UCP's politics, Carrie? Like, what does this party stand for? The UCP has been very clear that it is a conservative party. There is a a period at the end of that sentence. Um, It hasn't embraced that sort of progressive part of the progressive conservative as much. And even Jason Kenney the other day was saying in an interview to my colleague uh, Emma Graney that it reflected a lot more of the Wild Rose um, 
policies. So they are unapologetic conservatives. And so when we talk about now how the voting members of the party essentially have a lost faith in, in Kenny's leadership, does a lot of that go back to the pandemic measures and everything that was going on there with COVID? Yes, a lot. The, the fight is definitely goes back to COVID. Where a lot of the divisions came from, even within the party, was how far to the right are they? And this is where we things got messy during COVID, was that Jason Kenney was clearly uncomfortable with telling people you can't go visit your grandma. And he apologized for it. There was a right right wing of the party that said, you can't tell me what to do at all, or you're infringing on my freedoms. And they were upset with Jason Kenney for going too far. Then there was the center, center right within the party, sort of more of the old progressive conservatives, and they tended to come from the urban areas that said, hey, our hospitals are overrun, people are dying, this is really bad, could you please do some more? So there was that tension within the party, and that's really what made life extremely difficult for Jason Kenney. Is there anyone waiting in the wings now to succeed him here? Yes. The, the short answer is yes. Brian Jean, who was the, his old rival, the leader of the Wild Rose, right. came back to politics on a campaign promise to unseat Jason Kenney. He's the only one who has been that clear and just saying it out loud to Jason Kenney's face. We have Danielle Smith, who is not in the caucus right now, but she is the Wild Rose leader prior to Brian Jean. She said that she's going to take a run at it. And then within the party right now, there's a handful of cabinet ministers who are rumored to sort of strong rumor to be considering putting their own name, uh, putting their hat in the ring. Mm, yeah. And, and Kenny's been the first, the only leader of the UCP. It's really been kind of created around him in a way, it sounds like. Can the party exist without its founding leader? This is going to be the big question. The people who don't like Jason Kenney say absolutely it can exist without him. This was more than him. It was greater than him. You know, this is about conservatism. It's about the people. There's a lot of question about that because the party um, merged these two different entities together. Their main goal was to unseat the NDP. Whether or not that is enough to hold yourself together is another question. And Jason Kenney... We will see whether he was the only one who could hold them together or not. But keep in mind, Jason Kenney couldn't hold them together. He just got the boot. So it's going to be interesting to see if somebody thinks they can do it better than the person who dreamed this entity up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's let's keep talking about the unity of uh, the, the UCP then, because it is it is deeply divided now. But I mean, was it always kind of deeply divided? Like, did it always kind of exist as these two factions within the one whole? Yeah, it came together on the idea that they must unseat the NDP. Oh my God, the NDP won one election. We have, we can never split the vote again. The fear of the NDP that brought these two parties together right now is actually still keeping them together. And that's because the UCP's popularity plummeted so severely during the pandemic. And of course, some of that is not necessarily fair. I mean, Governing during the pandemic was hard. Governing in Alberta during the pandemic was hard because you also were being hammered by low energy prices. Right now, Alberta's coffers are uh, swimming in money because oil prices are up. And this should have been a good 
thing for Jason Kenney. He, um, and it should have been the good thing for the UCP. But what we're seeing prospective leadership candidates turn back to, whether it's Brian Jean or Danielle Smith or others who are subtle, sort of considering things, is this fear of the NDP. Just to be clear, is is the conservative movement in Alberta united around this idea of the UCP? Or are there people who do want to go back to the PCs and the Wild Rose, like go backwards and do that split? There hasn't been an entity that has emerged as sort of center right yet. But we have seen a number of fringe parties and they're to the right of where probably Wild Rose was. There's a Wild Rose Independence Party, something called the Buffalo Party, um, the Alberta Prosperity Project. They're really, uh, they're like quite undeveloped. Maybe the Wild Rose Independence Party is a little bit more developed, but they're not at the point where they're viable political vehicles to form opposition or even win like five seats type of thing. For people who are more moderates, you now do have to look at whether or not Rachel Notley represent is closer to the idea of a progressive conservative or whether you want to be in the very clear-cut conservative party. It's how much do you trust Rachel Notley to be govern in an Alberta progressive conservative tradition or do you trust or do you believe that she's going to govern in and more of this NDP socialist left-wing tradition. Hmm. So Rachel Notley's NDPs were in power, of course, from the 2015 to 2019. And Alberta's going into another provincial election next year in, in May 2023. Does this changing of the leadership with the UCP at this point in time, does that present an opening for the NDP maybe to regain power there and support? It's tricky. I think if you're a Rachel Notley, you really quite liked having Jason Kenney as the opposition. Um, because he was not super popular, even among conservatives. Even among conservatives who supported Jason Kenney, he wasn't always necessarily popular, but he was the conservative choice. Therefore, he got their support. By getting rid of Jason Kenney, if the UCP does permanently get rid of him, it takes away that punching bag in the campaign that uh, Rachel Notley now has to make sure that the UCP as a whole wears all of the mistakes that people blame Jason Kenney for. And the UCP right now have presented balanced budgets. They do get to go out there and say, look, we made it work. Of course, a large part of that was oil went up, which is how, you know, politics and fortunes in Alberta come and go. But it doesn't necessarily make this easier for Rachel. Uh, I also do want to quickly bring up the Liberal Party in Alberta, which is really not much of a I've, force. I yeah, don't think not, they haven't been in government for, I think it's 100 years now. Like it's, So the, the Liberals in Alberta are just like a complete non-force. They don't exist. Um, liberals, non-force. Cross that off. <laughs> non-force in the province. Uh, what about the, the Western alienation crowd? Like we're talking like the far right, which we kind of touched on a little bit there. Those who want to separate from the rest of Canada even. Is is this kind of shake up with the UCP? Is this a good thing for them? Does it benefit that side? The Western alienation force, like so much of, you know, we just want to ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. And that's a little bit of what brought Jason Kenney to his knees. And he came out and said a lot of, what happened in the leadership vote came from people who have never had memberships before in a political party, not uh, 
not PC, not Wild Rose, not UCP. And the people who disliked Kenny harnessed a lot of that anger, harnessed uh, some of the anger that was at Coots at the Alberta border crossing that was blocked during the Freedom Convoy protests and voted against Jason Kenney. That a lot of his argument was the people who caused his downfall were not normal or dependable political actors, that they were not part of this mainstream. So they actually played a pretty big, they may have played a pretty big role in what happened to Jason Kenney. There's not enough of them right now that that's a serious political force in Alberta on its own to look at that and say, like, we need to worry about Alberta and its separation. What you need to worry about is the political culture and what it's that anger that is bubbling and how that's being harnessed, whether it's at coots or whether it's bringing down, say, mainstream political leaders. That's more of where that is having an impact, not necessarily at the polls. Hmm. Okay. Alberta's economy with its oil and gas sector, as you say, that this is this is a good thing for them right now. They're actually they're, they're making money. Um, but this is a core part of Canada's economy as well. And I just wonder what you think the broader implications are of this political instability within the province. How is it going to affect the rest of the country? I think the business part of Alberta, the oil and gas part, the part that affects, you know, so much of the rest of the country will continue on. That doesn't sort of shut down with as politics change in the same way people might look and fret over what happens now to the school curriculum. So I think for the most part, it's not as though Alberta's political instability means the province, you know, crumbles or it's in uh, paralysis. So agriculture continues on. Oil and gas continues on. It's just we're going to fight amongst ourselves for a little while longer. Hmm. And just lastly here, Carrie, is is this the end of Jason Kenney's political career? I think we would be crazy to write his political obit right now after he said I intend to resign. At first, people thought he resigned. It's happened. It's a thing that happened. He is resigning. He has resigned. Until you listened a little bit more and parsed what he said. And he said, well, I intend to resign. And he's not. Even the night that he gave his speech, he did not immediately step away. And by the time the group went into caucus Thursday morning, it was not clear when he's stepping away or if he has plans to be this sort of interim type leader, it's not even known yet whether he'll participate in that leadership contest. So no, and Jason doesn't like losing. I can't see him just going out on this losing note. Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our intern is Emily McPhail. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.